1: no purchase necessary Void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details and welcome back to the rock shark podcast i'm your host andy mitts we are this episode here is the end of our conversation with levi stevenson over at wide right Natty and light um i'm going to go ahead and jump right in, in here in just a second but we talked about a lot about the um the actual iowa state team uh you know what's changed things like that um in the last episodes so definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't already uh, but this episode here will finish up with our conversation about the schedule Kind of about all the um, COVID-19 situation and how we can expect the, t- the, the rest of the season or the, the actual season to play out this year. So there, there's a lot of conversation about contingencies and, and what happens if we do have all the games or we don't have all the games. Um, definitely uh, enjoy that and we will finish it out with the end of that of that episode. So I won't be back with you for this episode, but um, just a couple notes, you know, real quick here at the beginning. Just make sure if you haven't already, go out to the podcast Twitter and follow us there. Um, make, make sure you shoot me an email if you have any questions. But We will be getting this back out to all of the normal distribution channels as quickly as it possibly can. But definitely stay tuned um, as we bring you more and more content and kind of change things up here in the, in the next few weeks. Kind of want to talk about, obviously, the schedule for Iowa State, how COVID has really affected not only the schedule, but what we're expecting to see from teams this year. Um, and then, obviously, talking about this this KU game coming up. But to kind of start, Obviously, the big story of the off season has been COVID nineteen, um, and how it's affected everything from spring practices not actually happening. Um, you know, summer summer workouts have really been really messed up. You know, as as teams have had to shut back or shut down because of outbreaks, and then try to start back up. Um, you know, uh, games have been canceled and then rescheduled, but. You know, of all the different things surrounding COVID, what do you think is going to be the biggest impact to how teams are actually performing this year? Is it going to be the fact they didn't have spring ball, or is it potentially going to be the fact that we have no idea if games are actually going to play when they're scheduled or they're going to be shuffled around?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't think – I don't know if that's going to be a big deal because teams deal with bye weeks all the time. And sure, an unexpected bye week here might – you know, they might kind of catch them a little bit off guard, but if they had game week there and then it gets moved to the next Saturday, we'll have another game week the next week. Um, they'll be able to deal with that just fine. I don't. I don't think the. I don't think a moving schedule will be will be that big of a deal for them because games are never going to get moved up. They're only going to get moved back. So it's not like Now it's not like they'll be have a, a bye week and then all of a sudden it'll catch them off guard Nope, oh, now we don't have a bye week. Um, that that will never happen. Right. So yeah, no,
1: that's that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about it like that.
0: From that perspective, moving games around is not going to be that big a deal. The... The biggest change—I not should say biggest change—but the big I mean, the biggest thing is going to be just if you have if if Brock Purdy it tests positive and has to sit out for two weeks or whatever, then you know don't love yeah. that idea. Um, that would be potentially a big issue. <laughs> could be it could be an issue. Now, obviously, it's got some good back. There's some really talented freshman quarterbacks that we will end up talking about next season, but or or the year after that, depending on if Brock Purdy leaves. But right, but. Either way, it's kind of weird that, Brock's gonna, that Brock the Brock Purdy actually will have another season after this one if he wants to. Like, he's yeah, like becoming he's weird. he's becoming Perry Ellis at this point.
1: Um, well, you know, it's 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 kind of funny because like a guy like Puka Williams as well, like he could have another year if he decides to come back. And yeah, it does. It does. Seem you like never really he's know what's going to. Well, and you, you never really know. Like normally, I would say it's a pretty much a guarantee that he's gone, but you really don't know what happens with this COVID type season. Like
0: well and, and running backs I... are tricky too because running backs you want to go if you're if you're a third round running back, you go. Um but right. running backs are also so disposable in the NFL anymore that um if you're not one of the top you know running backs, you may not get drafted high enough or you may not get drafted at all. Um, so well, that's the that's a tricky one. Running back is such a hard one to pick.
1: It's also like your draft position as a running back is so dependent on how good of a season you had in the most recent season. It doesn't matter what you did two seasons ago or three seasons ago. It is almost entirely dependent on what right. happened this last season. So if if we have a really short season, it's, there's a very good chance a guy like Puka Williams could be essentially forgotten about.
0: Um, well, a good example is you know, not- like Bryce Love. He was at, he, uh, he was, he was like, a, I think he was like a Heisman finalist or whatever that one year at Stanford had a really awesome right. junior year, came back for a senior year and it was eh. and he just fell off the map. <laughs> So,
1: right whereas like a guy like brock purdy like if he you know if they if they end up canceling the season like two games in he has still a very good shot of based off of what he did like if he was on team's draft boards coming into this year as a you know a guy to oh, watch he's for, very like,
0: much on draft boards right now
1: right but but like if, if there was a team that was targeting him and hoping he was gonna have a really good season the fact that they don't have a season isn't going to change that evaluation of him very no, much whereas no. for a running back it could have a huge issue oh, absolutely a lot of times could. Right, like, a a lot of times, if you haven't seen him recently, you know, positional value even is, like, so down there for running backs that, you know, unless he's been giving you reasons week in and week out right before the draft, you know, to really pay attention to him, it's really easy to lose him in the shuffle of all the other super important positions. That's why
0: I'm very, very, very thankful that Brees is not – he's only a sophomore this year, that he's not draft eligible. He doesn't have to make that decision because next year – all well, fingers crossed should be a normal season or whatever. Yeah. So then, if, so, Bre- so Breeze's last season before he can declare should have a full season where he can showcase. Um, yeah. So, one thing, you know, it, it's tough, but I think as far as the COVID stuff goes, I mean, you just got to, the teams have prepared for it. They're, they have they're, they're aware of the, of the, risks that are aware of the complications and everything like that up at this point anyway. So I don't think anything is going to catch them off guard at this point. And they're just, they'll deal with what they got to deal with. And maybe this will, this will encourage teams to prepare two quarterbacks instead of preparing one. Um, Right. So it's just kind of, it's, it's different, but I don't think teams are going to be significantly hampered by it. No, I
1: agree. I don't think it's going to be a gigantic deal, but it will definitely make things interesting. So, um, so kind of talking about the schedule this year, though, You know, um, Iowa State had the Iowa game canceled because the Big Ten made the decision to play no non-conference games uh, and then quickly was able to get, you know, a ball state replacement, essentially. Um, You know, Kansas had to do a similar sort of thing uh, when when New Hampshire canceled. They found a replacement in Southern Illinois. Like it's happening all over the place where where teams are kind of having to reshuffle. Um, with, with the news recently coming out though, that the ACC is only going to play one non-conference game and it has to be like in the state of, you know, the, the ACC team. So it has to be a home game essentially, um, or, or a neutral site really, really close to home. Like it, it seems it, like a lot of
0: home standards it has to be in an ACC state.
1: No, actually ACC, it has to be in the home state of the ACC team that is playing. So like, Oh, okay. So, like, right. So like they couldn't do like a neutral site. Game in you know well because I was t- I,
0: I was because because Na- Notre Dame and Navy are are scheduled to play so I I because I said I heard I thought I saw someone on Twitter make the argument that they should still play they should play it at, at Annapolis or whatever and say and say that Maryland is an ACC state and play the game in, in Annapolis because you know theoretically at the Naval Academy everything should be pretty well locked down. Well, um,
1: well, yeah, but I mean that that has a couple of problems. First of all, you know Maryland isn't an ACC state anymore because Maryland's not in there,
0: right? But um, it's on it's on the coast, so you can you could pretty reasonably make an argument that. Oh it yeah, is no, an ACC no, like
1: I, I think you could make the argument. And to be honest, I think it's kind of, I honestly think that that was essentially um, it was a ploy one to try to get the SEC to not cancel any of the in-state rivalry games. Yeah, and I think it was also an opportunity for. Um, teams that were supposed to be traveling to kind of get out of those games and open sure. up other potential opportunities for them. Uh, right. That if they're going to play non-conference, it can be a home game instead of having to go on the road. So teams like Boston College get out of their game against Kansas um, and say that, oh, well, it's the conference's fault. It's not our fault. Um, you know, it's like it, it was essentially giving cover for, for their own teams. And, I mean, it, it was, it, it's a smart way to do it from the conference office if that's, the w- if that's what you want to do. I know I had been hoping – especially for Kansas sake that they would be able to play those games because there were some very interesting big 12 ACC or big 12 sec games that were still on the schedule until very recently. Um, So the, the big 12 obviously, you know, has some things to kind of think about and this episode is going to be coming out on Sunday right before what was supposed to be the rescheduled big 12 media days. Instead now, the Big 12 actually canceled those and are trying to figure out what they're going to do. I'm imagining right. shortly after this episode drops that we are going to hear about what the Big 12 is doing. Um, so this is all going to be moot in in just a little bit anyway, but do you think it's likely that that the Big 12 is going to go to a conference plus one type of schedule? Um, mainly so they can stay at 10 games, or or do you think that we're gonna see something else here and that they're they're gonna to try to the Big 12 play a full 12-game schedule if, if if they can find enough opponents?
0: Um well, I'm trying to think who is, like, Iowa State and Kansas both have 12 opponents right now. Um, no, no, Kansas doesn't anymore because Boston
1: College. So they oh, replaced right, yes. the, the New Hampshire, and now Boston College dropped out. So, you know, and Kansas is supposed to be traveling to Coastal Carolina, so we'll see if that's actually going to happen. Um, there's been some rumblings that that they I mean, there's plenty,
0: there's plenty of, like, there's plenty of G5 teams and even FCS teams. That is Oklahoma going to love playing an FCS team? Probably not. If they can, if they have a choice to play an FCS, uh, play a home game against an FCS team and play a full schedule, pretty sure they'll do it. Um, well, but I but think,
1: I wonder though, too, because part of the reason for that is because you want to have a home game where you can get all your fans packed in and make a bunch of money off of the home stands. And they can't do that now. Yeah, like, but even, a half have full, even
0: a half full game makes enough money. Um, are,
1: are, are they going to have, especially early, are they going to have fans? Because I thought my understanding I say, was I that it if they're going to have. Percent.
0: Iowa State has been 50% basically from the beginning, and I have not heard anything that would suggest that they're planning on. Okay, okay.
1: So, I mean, theoretically it's possible they could be forced to kind of back off of that, but it doesn't sound like right now they're saying no fans. Well, and and, and now I think about it, ACC and SEC updates have been talking about fans in the stands and allotments
0: for different teams and visiting teams and all of that. Sure, yep. I I guess it kind of makes sense. I think the momentum – I think the overall momentum is, is very, ever so slightly trending in the direction of having more fans as opposed to less fans. Um, but, Which we can debate you know, the merits it, of
1: that some other time. But you know, sure, it definitely sure. seems. Well, it, it also seems like... I'm wondering if the Big 12... you know, Because as it stands right now, I think the, the push is still to try to get the playoffs set up and everything like that. Does it, yeah. does it help or hurt the Big 12 to have all of their teams playing 12 games, even if they have to fill it up with you know non or g5 or fcs teams like does that that actually
0: help them to go out or teams more games is more opportunities to go out and show the playoff team the playoff committee that you belong um the, the, the 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 interesting thing is that the argument to go like that you need a conference plus one is to get to 10 games um if there's no playoff then who cares um true because if, because the, the whole idea is that everyone else is playing 10 games, so we need to play 10 games to make sure that the playoff committee doesn't have any reason to leave a Big 12 team out because they didn't play as many games. Well, I don't like I – I mean, is there, is, did someone guarantee that we're having a playoff that I'm not aware of? From, like, from what I understand, there's, there's no plans right now to change the
1: playoff. Like, it's still on a right. schedule. So, sure, but, yeah, they sure. very well could get halfway through the year and decide, well, you know what? It's not safe for us to do the playoff, so we're just not going to do it. So
0: yeah, I, I mean they they could so but either way, I mean whether you do conference plus one or whatever it is, I mean to me you you play as many games as you can. I know co- the teams want to. I guarantee you the teams want to play a twelve game schedule, but players oh, and the yeah. coaches guarantee you they want to play. They want to play fifteen games. They'll play as many games as, you, as they they'll play as many games as they can. Guarantee it. Um, and the fans want to see as many games as they can. Everybody wants to see as many games. I mean, well. Fans is a little bit a different argument, I guess, because people want to see more college football, but some people also don't because they well, don't right, play. right. But
1: there's only there's only so many mid major teams you can see your team play and really get sure, super hyped sure.
0: about. But but then I, but so. even even with the Big Twelve, you only have to have three. Like it's not that big a deal. Oh, mean, yeah. It's not like it's not like you're making half your schedule out of the sun belt. I mean, you're you're picking you probably already had a couple you already probably had at least one or if not two cupcake teams on there anyways. I mean, what? I mean, a third one?
1: What's what's a third one? Yeah,
0: Especially if you, can, if you can get a 12th game, play a third one, and go with it. You know.
1: All right. So, I, so looking towards Iowa State schedule at this point now, because right now, as scheduled, they have South Dakota to open up the season on September 5th. Then they um are now going to be hosting Ball State, and then UNLV, and back to back weeks after that. Yeah. um So, I mean, I, I'm looking at those, and I don't, I don't know that any of those teams could give them any kind of challenge to be honest um other than not maybe really, the
0: if i uh, state has
1: a really bad day
0: <laughs> a really bad day i, I it, the worst possible day and i suppose ball state could give you a little bit of a scare because they have that running back i can't remember what his name is but he's a doak walker and maxwell award uh watch list guy um, oh that's right i can't i can't remember for the life of me what I, his name I, is
1: i forget his name too but that but that's um, all really-
0: yeah, but anyway, so but they do have a very very talented running back. When you have a really a particularly talented skill position player, if enough if enough things went wrong, in theory they could probably push you. I'm not really worried about it, but um uh Caleb Huntley, that's his name. Um
1: he's a yeah, very right. very
0: very very good player. A really good player. He would probably start on a lot of Power 5 teams. Um but he's a so you know when you have a, when you have a, a talented skill position player like that I mean you can kind of focus in on him a little bit but they can you know they can still do their they can still do some damage um, if just the right things go wrong I don't think I mean South Dakota I'm not worried South Dakota is a is a pretty solid FCS program um, I'm not expecting them to really push like a I'm not expecting them to push like a you and I or a North Dakota State would because you and I like you and I in North Dakota State are on that tier with like a James Madison and stuff like that, where they can, they can really push power, even power five teams. They can really push them. Right. Um, South Dakota is not on that tier, but they're like a, they're the FCS team that if just enough things went wrong, you could, they could scare you a little bit. Um, you'd have to have like everything go wrong. Um, right. So I'm not so worried about them. UNLV and is a nothing.
1: Yeah. So, so, so looking ahead to the big 12 schedule, then whether it's the beginning of the schedule, you know when you get a warm up with Texas Tech and then potentially going to Kansas and um or if you know that you've had those three games to kind of warm up i don't know that it really changes the outlook of looking through that schedule too much other than yeah. maybe you know like we'll, we'll we'll talk specifically about the Kansas game here in just a minute like i think if Kansas is your second game of the season theoretically that could be a problem like that could cause you some issues if Kansas is able to throw enough weird stuff at you and you have not yeah. really kind of pickled
0: down but
1: we're in the second to- game of the season especially uh,
0: when i was talking about the offensive line how they need yeah. some time to gel Being at the being the fifth game of the season is a lot different than the second game of the season uh, especially when right. you're trying to find when you're trying to get your offensive line together second game of the season i'm concerned uh especially well, since it's at Kansas yeah. and
1: especially i mean right it's, it's at Kansas and you know there's been a lot of talk about what Brent Deerman is going to bring like that offensively right could be an issue with this kansas team with all the skill players that they have coming back you know if they find a quarterback that can really run exactly what Neerman wants to do that could be a very dangerous offense but it's all going to depend on what the quarterback's able to do especially early
0: yeah it's going to um, be put, but, depending but, on like what the quarterback they've got the skill it, positions on offense where they can they can do some damage to me about the quarterback and what the defense looks like and well
1: yeah that's really the big question i think for a lot of big 12 teams though is What's the defense going to look like this year, especially with all the with all the turnover on a lot of these teams and not having camp to kind of work on the defensive concepts and trying to break in? I, new I will people. say
0: the two teams like the, the, there's I think there's there's three teams in my mind that have their quarterback is a hundred percent there and their defense really has few if any questions. Oklahoma State, TCU, and Iowa State. Those are the three teams that have both a solidified quarterback and a defense that you can pretty much count on. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's I mean, a big advantage. I, even, I, even Oklahoma, we know Spencer Rattler is their quarterback. We know that we know that, but the defense lost quite a bit of talent. Um, right. And we, you know, we'll see what they, what, what Alex do. They were like, they were fine last year. They weren't great. They were fine. Um, I mean, Iowa state put up whatever, 40 something points on them or whatever. It's not. They, were, they yeah, weren't world beaters or anything
1: like that. like Baylor, because Charlie Brewer, I mean, he's not like a world beater, but he is a very solid quarterback. And that, when, he, that, when,
0: he, when he can see straight. <laughs> I well, mean,
1: but but they've also showed they have two backups behind him that are really, really good. I mean, they you know, they had two that had to play at various times throughout the year. They were able to come in and still play really well for them, and and that that defense I think was a lot better than a lot of people gave them credit for, and, and they also, were a very good also, defense. That, last
0: that year. defense lost a lot of to a lot of players, especially they James, James Lynch and a couple of linebacker, like a couple of defensive backs, and so like they lost. That defense got gutted. Coming into well, this coming. But, but season. from everything
1: I've seen, like they, they were fairly deep last year, too, which is why their defense was pretty good. And so they lost a sure. lot of the starters. Yeah. But I don't think they lost a lot of the depth that they had. And Aranda yeah, coming their, their top
0: runner. end should be fine. But yeah. I, I, I do have concerns about their depth. And and who knows what Aranda looks like as a head coach either. But I but either way, I, well, and I would say when Charlie Brewer is playing and healthy, he's he's a certainly a he's an above average quarterback for sure. Um, not like see, not a world beater but definitely a guy that, like he's like that can that can challenge and he can be he can be a, an effective quarterback uh for sure i think i mean i in my opinion i think there's very very serious concerns about his long-term health with with all the concussions he's had
1: oh um, yeah no he, I think in, I, I in my agree in, with it, that.
0: It, when the next concussion he has i think you have to very you have to start asking very very serious questions about whether this kid should keep playing football um, no, I immediately, I heard the story that was, it was a before or after the big 12 title game. I think it was after the big 12 title game when he got knocked out with that concussion, I think is what it was. Um, he like the next, they said he, he spent the next week in a dark room and didn't remember any of it. No, no, like
1: that was earlier in the year. Cause they were talking about that during the big 12 title game and yeah, yeah, concussion. yeah.
0: Like, like, if you have a quarterback that's spending an entire week in a dark room because he can't, because he can't stand to be in the light because he's so concussed and he doesn't remember any of it, that's a huge problem. Oh, that's not that's not a little problem. That's a huge problem. Like, this kid should really consider not playing football. I don't like, I'm not like rooting against him playing football because he plays for Baylor or anything like that. I'm just like, I'm like, there's legitimate. In my opinion, there is legitimate concerns for his long term health.
1: Right, that's a player safety and a player
0: health issue. It's 100%. A and that's why, issue. like, I don't – when he's healthy, Char- Baylor does not have a quarterback issue. As Soon as Charlie Brewer gets – I mean, I, in my, if I was the coaching staff, if I was his parents, I'd be holding my breath every time he got hit. Um, oh, agreed. Uh, but, you know, so who knows if he can stay healthy the whole year or whatever. So, you know, that, that quarterback in – my in my, position, in my opinion, that quarterback position is not solidified because of those health concerns with Charlie Brewer. and who knows what their defense is going to look like because it, they lost so much of the top end talent off that defense. Maybe they'll be good, I don't know. Uh the Baylor be- so, be- 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 seems like the team that could end up they could end up 4 and 8 or 8 and 4. <laughs> it could be yeah. anywhere.
1: I've actually said that a couple times because there's a lot of questions about how quickly Aranda's going to be able to kind of get them going. Right. Um, he's never and, been a head coach and before. Kind of so and have, and that's so.
0: a that's a big step up. Um,
1: yeah. Well, and 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 I think you know, this, this will feed into my next question, but I think Baylor also is a little unlucky with the way the schedule is, is, is set up because the team – And they
0: were also – last year they also overperformed their analytics. They were, they were, they were a very lucky team last year. Like they, their, their luck on field goals, on fumbles, on, on just penalties, like all the things that luck plays a factor into, Baylor like came out on the right end of that every time. Like, and like almost yeah. every time it was, it was unbelievable. There's no reason analytically they should have been an 11-1 team, but they were. And that's yeah. like, they're going to regress to the mean.
1: Yeah. We'll see how, how far that, that regression is, but like, they don't do They don't get any favors by having to play Kansas on the second game of the season, or potentially the first game of the season, if we have no long conference. So, but it, it'll definitely be really interesting to kind of see how all of that works its way out. So kind of looking back at Iowa State's schedule, are, are there any games in terms of the placement of that game in the schedule is either super advantageous to them or super like a, a potential problem for them?
0: Um, I would say.
1: And, and I guess to kind of clarify what, what you're thinking about that, like a, a team that either is at the end of the schedule that you think Iowa State would have a much better chance in that game if it was at the very beginning because of, you know, how they're supposed to gel or vice versa, a game that's really early that you would hope at the end of the schedule, they, you know, things would have gelled a lot better. That it would have worked out a whole lot better for Iowa State
0: if it was at the end instead of the beginning. Uh, not necessarily, because um, they play Texas Tech in at home first. You know, feel very good about that game. I think Iowa State should absolutely be four and zero going into Kansas. I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but I think they should be five and zero going into Oklahoma State. Um, you, you've played five games. What you play playing at Stillwater don't love that um now granted two years ago they did that and Brock Purdy put on a show um he became <laughs> Brock Purdy um now they have film on him this time around so that's a little bit different circumstance um but even by the time you play at because o- you play at Oklahoma State then you play Oklahoma the next week for homecoming um you're know, playing him back to back don't necessarily love that but it's hard it's hard to avoid that kind of stuff um you're playing those you're playing them in the middle of the season so you're you're to the point where you're where your your team is humming along, your offense isn't your your offense should be rolling by then. You you should be fairly well locked in, you're in your you're moving forward, but you're not late in the season where you've got injuries have started to pile up. Right. So I actually like the placement of those two games because um yeah, you're you're right in that sweet spot in the season where your your team's cooking right along, but you're not injured. Yeah, um, well,
1: and 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 I also think, like, barring a, a, a COVID, you know, someone having to sit because of COVID, like, you're also late enough in the season that if, you know, if it is just conference season only, then they've had those first two games to kind of warm up. They're not sure. going to be super yep. rusty as it being at the beginning. hundred like, percent. I think I think they, the Kansas game is one, potentially, because it's, it's you know, at Kansas, right if before it's, you
0: tremble, If it is the, the second game of the, the season, if it's the second game of the season, I could absolutely see it being a trap game. No doubt. Yeah. Well, um,
1: well, and, and even if it's not the second, like, even if it's the fifth game of the season, it's one of those, it's, it could well, they be won't, they certainly won't take it lightly. I
0: mean, Kansas played, Kansas played Iowa state close at, at, in Ames last year. Um, right. and so they're not going to take them. They're not going to take them lightly. I mean, they know that Puka is a really good player. Yeah, right? I
1: mean, I, I don't know that they're necessarily going to take them lightly, but it, it's one of those things like, you know, if you're coming up on that game and it's game five and you're you know kind of trying to deal with everything going around that. You know, you still have two more weeks until a bye week after that. Like, I, that's one where I could potentially see it being a problem just because either because it's five games in and you're kind of looking a little bit ahead to that tough stretch that's coming up. Um, which I do agree that it, you know, the fact that they played them so close last year and you know, it was a kind of a shootout last year really yeah. helps Iowa State to stay somewhat focused. But it's also kind of one of those things with so many other distractions. It's still easy, I think, to look at the reputation of. Teams. I
0: don't think that's an issue with and, with, and them. with, with this team players. and with the Matt Campbell's program. I don't think that's ever been an issue. I don't uh, the way the way the culture and the program is set up now. I yeah. they don't they don't overlook anybody. Whether but, it's but I
1: also think if it we're just looking at conference schedules, like it's early enough then that that's its own problem. Where you know, not having a lot of tape on this Kansas team having to kind of deal with them that early in the season where, you know, you haven't necessarily gotten everything to gel. Sure. Like, that could be its own kind of issue. Like, sure. that, Kansas, I think is kind of the one where it's, it's, if I'm an Iowa state fan, it's an uncomfortable spot, regardless of what's going on because of who it's. Yeah. Right I mean, you're still going to be, gonna the, be, you're
0: still going to be a little and, nervous because yeah. you're still gonna be nervous because of the playmakers, especially Puka and Andrew Parchment and stuff like that. And, and this new offense, whatever, whatever it looks like. Um, you're, Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're not, you're definitely not going to not take it seriously. I mean, it's not like nobody, nobody's going to be looking past Kansas or anything like that just because the last decade they've been bad. You know, they realized they played them close last year and that the offense is taking pretty significant strides forward. Um,
1: Yeah. The other one that kind of jumps out to me on the other end would be that I will,
0: I will say on the, on the flip side of that coin though, is that because Kansas will be running a brand new offense and trying to get a quarterback settled second game of the season works against them too. So it's, I don't know
1: that it's really a brand new offense. I mean like
0: well because, I mean it may I mean, not be, but you still have to break Brent, in a new quarter you still have to break in a new quarterback and stuff. Like that.
1: Right. The the new quarterback is going to be a question. Um but I I think really it's going to come down to um you know, are they going to be playing a guy like Miles Kendrick um or Thomas McVitie because he's able to run what Brent Deemer wants to do and those guys have been around him enough, you know, that that they've been able to pick up a lot of his terminology, a lot of what he wants to do and it's a, what can they add to that? And, the one thing about Brent Dierman, he has been very, very successful at using whatever he has. I mean, he had a stretch of three games, you know, when he was head coach um, prior to coming to Kansas, where he had the four string quarterback who was a wide receiver on the squad, and they were able to win those games very handily. Like, he has a very, very good reputation to be able to take whatever he has. But oh, the sure. Guy yeah. He recruited in Jalen Daniels. Like, if he, is, if he is playing well enough in camp, you know you could have a true freshman actually starting for Kansas and and if that's the case that means that there's something there that they really see in him that's going to run it the way that they want and so like even if it is a guy breaking in you know brand new guy that they're breaking in at that point that means that they've got something there that theoretically could be pretty special so like it's definitely one of those things like I'm Uh, not I'm not really sure what to Expect from this Kansas offense at that point in the season,
0: right? But, right, and, and, you and part of it that you're
1: not used to seeing from them. Probably,
0: and part of it too, with especially if it's a true freshman, um, is that the way Iowa State say well, now, and now Baylor and Texas, the way you know, because everybody has decided to copy Iowa State now. Um, but the way that the Iowa State defense works is it uses lots of disguised coverages, disguised blitzes, and brings stuff like that. So for a, a true freshman coming in. Um, it could be an issue, like play, playing playing Iowa State defense. Ooh, excuse me, an Iowa State defense that's as complicated as it is could be an issue. Either way, second game of the season, Iowa State will have an offensive line that needs to be solidified. Kansas will have, will need to have a quarterback that needs to get solidified. There's there's concerns on both teams that playing right. each other in the second game of the season um, is a little bit is a lot different than playing each other in the fifth game of the season when theoretically Kansas would have their quarterback settled. Iowa State should have their offensive line in a rhythm, things like that. Um, but because of the continuity within the Iowa State program, playing early season games um, from or playing certain opponents in certain places, whatever it is, that type of stuff is not is not much of a concern for me. As far as the other little variables that show up, what you know, where it's like looking ahead to different teams, I, I don't. I have no concern with that type of stuff. It'll be mm-hmm. it, to me. It'll how how much how what my level of concern with the Kansas game will almost entirely dependent on what the offensive line looks like either in the first four games or the first game against Texas Tech what that's the offensive that's that's line like. Uh, what the offensive if the offensive line looks great for the, the first four games my level of stress about the Kansas game will probably go down a little bit if it if, if they are patchy and they're kind of uh, then my level of concern will jump up s- somewhat significantly completely um, fair
1: so so final question for you since we've gone a lot longer than I was expecting but that's but that's fine um, if you're looking at this schedule and, you know, and saying that, that we play all the games, so including the non-conference, what is yep. a reasonable expectation for this Iowa state team in terms of, you know, what their final record is going to be? Um, and, and, you know, how well do you think they're going to compete in the big 12 this year?
0: So I think a minimum, a bare minimum for what would be considered, especially now that you've got ball state in there instead of Iowa. I think you're looking. You you absolutely need to be four and zero going into Kansas. In my opinion, you need to be five and zero going to Oklahoma State. Even if you drop the next two against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, and you've got Kansas State at home, should win that. At TCU is tough because TCU should be better playing at TCU, which they don't tend to play super well in Fort Worth. Um, you, know, you got Baylor at home, should win that game. At Texas, who knows? Um, even if you chalk that up, it's a lost West Virginia. They're going to be better, but, and it's November 20th, Black Friday and Ames will be cold as hell. Um, so if you're, you know, even if you say they drop Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, and one other one someplace in there that puts you at eight and four. Um, I think that is the eight and four regular season. I think people would be like, okay, that was fine. Um, I don't think it's gonna get like a, a bunch of people like super excited, but it'll be like, okay, this team played well. They had a good season, would be eight and four. Um seven to five or seven to five would absolutely be a disappointment, especially when you get your first four games are against, you know, three, you know, an FCS school and two G five schools, and Texas Tech, who's probably one of the two or three worst teams in the conference. I have I have no faith in I, I have almost no faith in Texas Tech this year. Um Yeah, no,
1: I agree with that. I've got nothing yeah. on Texas Tech.
0: Um, Kansas <laughs> State, who knows? I don't know. They they'll probably be fine. Um, they're they're Kansas State. They're going to be at least decent. Uh, TCU could be good, could be fine. Baylor could be fine, could be bad. Um, Texas, I don't know. Um, West Virginia probably not going. They might make a. They might be able Might be a bowl team. I don't know what. The, I don't know what their non conference looks like, but maybe a bowl team, maybe not. Um, probably in that they're probably in the four to six win range still. I think they're, they're still, I think they're still a year away from really being, um, kind of that in that where you're competing for not just a bowl yeah. game, but something a little bit, a little bit better than just a bare minimum bowl game. I think they're still a year away. Um, so I think you, I mean, if you take care of I would say as eight home games this year, <laughs> um, as of right now, they eight home games. So if you, if you take care of business at home, that gets you to eight and four, um, that gets you a win over Oklahoma. Um, right. I think eight and four is a good is a is a really good bar issue for. I there isn't there isn't a game on the schedule that they can't win. There's not there isn't there's they absolutely can win every game on the schedule. Um Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State's gonna be a tough one. 100 <laughs> percent no doubt. Um that'll be the that's that's their least likely win. Um then you get Oklahoma at home. They've they've played Oklahoma close every single year under Matt Campbell. Even the first season when they went three and nine, they played Oklahoma close. Um, This team is built to play close to play with Oklahoma. That's that's who. It's kind of like in the NBA when when um, when the Warriors were in you know right in the middle of their dynasty, and the Cavs showed up, and the Cavs were built to beat the Warriors. That would that team was wasn't built to beat every single East team or every single West team, but that team was built to beat the Warriors because they knew they could tread water and get into the finals of what they had, and then they can use that strategic advantage to beat the Warriors. That's the way Iowa State is. is They're going to use. They're gonna. They're they're designed to beat Oklahoma and use that.
1: Leave
0: Iceler. Yeah, Oklahoma State, and they lose at hey, Texas. Hey, That's too.
1: You just cut out on me, just so you know. Um, you were you were talking about
0: beating the Warriors, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so you're. The Cavs were designed to beat the Warriors in much the same way that Iowa State is designed to beat Oklahoma. They had, that team is built and schemed to beat Oklahoma and use what you use to beat Oklahoma. You're going to use that to try to beat everybody else. Um, so that's that's what it is. They're going to play Oklahoma close because that's what they do. That's what the team is designed to do. And that's what they've always done. The last four years, they've always played Oklahoma close. and Or I'm yeah. um, going beat them in Norman, where were a few years ago. And so even if you say – a, a realistic schedule would then be: let's say you beat Oklahoma at home, and you beat, um, you know, basically you would you you would lose you'd still lose to Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State, and you lose at Texas. So you beat you beat Oklahoma at home, and you beat TCU on the road. That's ten and two. That's honestly that's not an unreasonable schedule. It's not an unreasonable goal. It's something something that they can achieve, especially if the offensive line gets their stuff together. They can certainly achieve ten and two, um, and. If the offensive line is really good, like really, really good, there's no, there isn't a game on this schedule they can't win. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated. I don't think they will. They, right? They're talented enough to do it if everything goes right. Kind of like Baylor. If they, if they, if every bounce goes their way, they can do it. They can go undefeated. They're not gonna, but they could. Um, which is uh, I can't. Which is like, I know that sounds really, I, st- I know that sounds really waffly and it sounds like nothing. But being able to say that about Iowa State football is a still it is we're 5 years into this Matt Campbell thing and it's still mind blowing to me that i can say we can win every game and we could theoretically go undefeated like <laughs> and it's not like as complete like off this planet as it was before um yeah. i think in my mind like when we do when we do our season predictions for wide right i'm probably going to be in the 9 and 3 or 10 and 2 camp um cuz i think they will beat one of oklahoma state or i think they'll beat two of oklahoma state oklahoma and texas i think they'll beat two of them um I would guess probably Oklahoma and Texas right now. Oklahoma, I don't know. I like I would, Oklahoma State. I I don't know if I'm as high, quite as high on Oklahoma State as everybody else is, because the when people are talking about Oklahoma State, they're talking about all the stuff returning. Tylen Wallace, Chuba Hubbard. Like realistically, what more can Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard do than they did last year? Chuba Hubbard ran for whatever two two thousand twenty one hundred yards or whatever it was. Tylen Wallace had right. a gigantic season. Like really.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that that's definitely. I mean, it's tough to see them doing a whole lot more, and and you know, I, I think I do, do think Oklahoma State is going to be. I do think that Oklahoma State's going to be a really really good team this year. Oh,
0: oh, um, I agree hundred percent. But I, yeah, that's. But the the logic that I see a lot of people fall when they're saying they're going to be the second best team, they could be the champion of the Big Twelve. I, it's certainly possible. I don't disagree with that potential at all. But they're, but the reasoning behind that, I have a little bit of an issue with because they're saying, look at what they have coming back. It's like, yeah, that's one thing if you're saying, this, like, like look what Iowa State has coming back. They have a guy, Brock Purdy, who's coming back. He's healthy. You have Brees Hall, who only played in eight or nine games as a full-time starter. You're looking like, at Brees Hall and say, okay, they've got him coming back. Let's see what he can do to extrapolate that to a full season. That's one thing, but when you're looking at a running back that already ran for 2,100 yards or whatever he ran for, and Tylen Wallace, who already had a gigantic season last year before he before he got hurt, you know, realistically, how much more can they do that would increase the ceiling of the offense? That's that's yeah, kind of I my question. That, is
1: well, I think the the biggest thing there, though, that a lot of people are are pointing to, and I happen to agree with is Spencer Sanders was extremely inconsistent last year.
0: Sure. Um,
1: he had super big highs, but he had some really bad games and I Mm -hmm. expect that to level out just with another year of experience for him. And the defense was, was having lots of inconsistency issues as well. And so I expect that to kind of level out for them as well. Obviously there's a lot of work that they could potentially do. Um, you know, and and, I mean, I, I think it's much more likely that they're going to be the second team um, and I think that part of the problem is, like, who else would you pick? Because, like, I think Texas is going to have a lot of problems compared to what people are really expecting them for. Like, I think a lot, a lot of people are going to be high on Texas, and they shouldn't be. Baylor, I think, has problems. Like, agree with, Iowa I agree State with you. is Iowa State is probably the only other team that I think would be in contention because, like, West Virginia, I think, is going to be better this year. I don't think that they're going to be that much better. TCU, you know, if,
0: the... if offensive line gets themselves together and, and Max Duggan makes the, the leap, a lot That's of people think. I don't.
1: I don't know that Max Duggan's going to make that leap. Like he, uh, he may he not,
0: had... if he, if he does that TCU could theoretically really start punching away at the top. I think they could. Yeah. Um. Right, I, I think hey, I agree you with go... your assessment though. I, th- I think Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, I think right now are probably the two best teams in the conference, right. but um, Iowa state is talented enough. And the, the program is in a place right now where if enough things go right and Oklahoma state, maybe drops one or two that you don't think they're gonna, Iowa state could definitely slide into that second spot. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a similar situation to what we had last year, where there was four teams you could realistically say could be the best in the in the yep. conference. And it's all about last how they did against it was, each other. Yep. Right. Last year it was it was uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, and Baylor. I think were the four coming into the year that you would yep. expect that. And honestly, yep. that's kind of the way it, it you know went through. That's the way for, it shook uh, for, out. Yeah, the season. Right. I think this year you got a very similar setup with out with Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa State as the four potentially. Um, yeah, and the question is going to be, you know, who is going to take those top two? And like right now, I I think that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are, are the quote unquote safe bets, but I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State, you know, throws their their hat in the ring there, yep. or if Texas. Like, I think Texas is going to have some serious problems this year. I think
0: I think I, I'm I'm with you there. I think Texas is going to get a little bit more hype than they probably should. I don't think that I, I don't, don't think that team Tom is Herman. anywhere as complete as as, they, as people think they are.
1: I, I think they're not going to have a very good year, and I think Tom Herman this is ends up being his last year, but. I, I've We're been on that- all the way there, huh? So we'll see. So, all right, we are we are out of time. We went a whole lot longer than I expected, but that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, first first episode back on our own um, separate feed now here. So, got to give people a whole bunch of extra content, Levi. Absolutely. What? Um, where? Where can people find your work online? Uh,
0: I mean, pretty much everything that I do is at is on WideRightNattyLight dot com. It's well, it's WideRightNattyLight dot No and, and then. On Twitter sorry, beer burp. Um on Twitter, it's at wide R T Natty L T. Um that's I mean, that's all of my Iowa State stuff ends up there. I mean I, I have a personal Twitter that's at Levi Rstev S-T-E-V. Um I don't know. I don't tweet a ton uh, about well, Iowa State stuff there because most of my stuff ends up on wide, right? But if you really feel yeah, like
1: I, I understand. That's the same way with me for for the podcast one. Most of my K U stuff ends up on the podcast and it's my other, you know, chiefs or or other personal stuff that ends up on my personal one. So, but Levi, I actually am they, starting
0: a, I, I am starting a non sports podcast here pretty soon, but I can't. That should in be it.
1: interesting. I'll, I'll have to check that out once once you get it going. So,
0: yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it
1: for us tonight. Thank you, Levi, for, for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, you can search for now Rock Chalk Podcasts. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be up everywhere, but definitely um, be on the lookout for it so that uh, all of the, the people that subscribe should migrate over um, the way that we got everything kind of set up there. But just in case, make sure you, that you're paying attention to the, to the podcast Twitter. That's at Rock Chalk Pod. If you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, People you want to try to interview any of that stuff, you can contact us there uh, or you can email me at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, we are going to be changing some things up, we're going to be doing some new things. So definitely keep an eye out on the on the the, the Twitter is gonna probably gonna be the best place to keep up with the news for the podcast. But um thank you guys so much for listening. Uh and uh we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. VA education benefits allowed me to earn a degree without the type of student debt that so many people face. My service was then. My benefits are now.
1: Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.